Hello and welcome to Growth Mindset Language Learning Podcast with Kasia, where I show you how the way you perceive your intelligence affects your ability to learn a language and where I emphasize the importance of maintaining growth mindset in order to progress in your language skills. I am an English teacher by profession, but I'm also a lifelong language learner. Tips I share in my podcast come from both my teacher's and my learner's perspective. Full texts of each of my podcasts are published on my website www.teach-learn-love.com. You can ask questions and post comments through my contact page there. Remember Carol Dweck? I hope you do. She is the author of uh, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. At the foundation of her theory, of her growth and fixed mindset theory, lies the conviction that the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. So if you agree with that, you will also agree that the view you adopt for yourself can profoundly affect how well you learn a language or how you approach the language learning. So it would pay off to use a growth mindset in language learning, don't you think? But in order to use it, you have to have one or rather work on developing one. And today I want to start this episode uh, by giving you two tips on how to do this. So my first tip to you on how to develop um, or cultivate your growth mindset is to stop saying, I can't do something. I can't cook. I can't bake or I'm so bad at doing something. I'm so bad at math. I'm so bad at remembering vocabulary and so on. As a teacher, I can tell you it is very important to know your weaknesses. Knowing your weaknesses is good. It makes you a reflective practitioner. If you know them, you can work on improving. But there is a difference between knowing them and using them to improve yourself and knowing them and letting them drive your narrative. So in the first scenario, you are in control. In the second scenario, when you're actually believing in them and saying, I'm so bad at this, this is your weakness, your failure that you're concentrating on. And that is what's driving your narrative, not the idea of improvement. When you listen to a non-native Spanish speaker speaking perfect Spanish, do you really think it came easy? It appears easy because you are not there for the trial and error period. Uh, You don't see the behind the scenes of people trying to design their website or make their podcast or write their book. Um, Do you think that they don't make mistakes along the way? Do you think the author just sits down and writes the book in a week? No, it takes years sometimes to come up with the product that's satisfactory. And we teach the children that in elementary school, some of us with more conviction than others, when we, when we use the famous, when at first you don't succeed. Um, but when you begin learning a new language, there is so much to know. So it's impossible to put that expectation on yourself that you will get it all at once. So you need to shift your focus from success failure frame of mind to I am making progress frame of mind. And that will help you tremendously. Uh, Tip number two is uh, stop comparing yourself to others. So tip number two to um, developing your growth mindset mindset is stop comparing yourself to others. We all compare 
sometimes even unknowingly, and especially in the age of social media. Social media makes it easy to keep in touch with our friends, share our experiences, but boy, oh boy, does it also make it super easy to start comparing yourself with others. So don't, really don't. Remember, you are only seeing a snippet of someone's life when you look at that picture or at that trip. Um, You have no idea what else is going on. So let it be a snippet, not a base upon which you build a full picture of someone's magnificent life uh, that you know nothing about. Um, and and try to uh, put it in contrast to your, in your view, mediocre one. Comparing is never healthy, but thanks to social media, it is on the rise. So don't let it control you. You need to catch yourself in the act and then change your internal dialogue as fast as you can. So how does all, all this apply to learning languages? Well, next time you come across someone with a higher skill level in your target language, rather than compare, ask them for advice. Instead of of envying the people whose uh, foreign language is better than yours, instead of thinking, I will never be able to speak like this, use those people. Remember, they were once at your exact level and they might just have a great advice for you. And they probably will be happy that you're asking them. So instead of saying, when you're learning a new language, instead of saying, I'm so bad at, instead of the language you're learning, so like, I'm so bad at Russian, I'm so bad at French, or I'm so bad at at, at, uh, Spanish. People don't understand me. I can't remember new vocabulary. Just state the facts. Stick to the facts. People had some trouble understanding me today. My pronunciation today was not perfect. Well, maybe I don't remember the essential vocabulary yet. I need to focus on it more. As a matter of fact, the the word yet is a big um, part of um, uh, Dr. Dweck's um, theory. Um, so it's, it's very powerful to add it to any, any statement when you evaluate your skills, when you add that magic powerful yet, you will get a completely different perspective. You'll be surprised how that small world, a word, um, can change the entire narrative and then consequently your mindset. So your growth mindset won't grow unless you water it, unless you work on it and working on it will pay off later in all areas of your life. I guarantee One of the things that I do right away with my students to help them develop uh, this growth mindset is to shift the focus from right answers to putting effort in. So right from day one, I start praising them for their efforts until they perceive effort as something desirable. It is a big, big, important shift because so many of our students want to give you the right answer and that's what they're focused on. And if they don't get that, they stop putting the effort. So they consequently suffer from what we call a low effort syndrome. A lot of learners believe that if you are smart, you don't need to work very hard to accomplish success or to impress others. Uh, They believe that if you're smart, you should not have to put an effort. Success, Success just comes. So if things get hard, they stop trying. They give up or convince themselves that they're not good at whatever it is that they're trying to learn. So in a sense, it is a way for people with fixed mindset to protect themselves, to maintain this this aura that they're smart and intelligent and to not be vulnerable in public. If you believe that intelligence is something you're born with, putting an effort might be embarrassing to you. Working hard makes you vulnerable, uh, shows your weaknesses, and you don't want people around you to see that. And because you decide not to put an effort... You don't think about how to learn something better or more effectively. You don't come up with new ways of learning. If, if the first time you try and it doesn't work, then you pretty much give up and decide you're not good at it. 
Um, so um, giving up like that, uh, you know, that that's not demonstrating a growth mindset. Um, having a, a fixed mindset really leads to inferior learning strategies and the growth mindset makes you more of a creative learner. So for those with growth mindset, it, it never makes sense to, to stop putting an effort because their focus is on the learning journey. It is exciting for them to see what happens when you when they try, what you accomplish when you put that effort in uh, into the task ahead of you. So uh, in terms of thinking, in terms of, you, you know, can I do it? You should be thinking, how can I do it? You don't question yourself. Of course you can do it. It's just a matter of how. Working and making mistakes in front of others does not make you vulnerable. If you have that growth um, mindset, it sets you on a path to become smarter because you perceive it as improving your intelligence. So when we when we take a specific example of, of language learning, just think for a minute, what, what happens when there is one word you always forget or always mispronounce? And we all have that. You, you checked it in the dictionary many times, you used it before, yet somehow it does not stick. You, you keep being in a loop and making the same mistake over and over again, and it can be quite discouraging. So for, <clears throat> so for me, to give you a quick example, um, one of the situations was with the word downed, which is turkey in French. Um, I would go to a cold cuts counter and consistently ask for um, 300 grams of downed, and the shop assistant would politely say, first, you know, ask me to repeat. I would repeat the same way. And then he would say, um, downed. And then I would say, yeah, 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 that's what I want. And then the next week, the whole scenario will repeat. I would do it again. And I know that is a silly example, but you get the picture. I was just stuck mispronouncing one word. And the more I did it, the more hesitant I felt. So I would literally stand there in front of the counter before I approached it. And I would go, down, 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 and and trying to to remember which one is correct one, but just inevitably getting the one that's wrong as the one that I used. And so, if you have a fixed mindset, you probably would start thinking, "I am just dumb. I will never get it. Why can't I freaking remember this one word?" Um, but with the growth mindset, you need to take a different approach. You need to continue looking for ways to make that word or that pronunciation to to stick whether it's by repeating it, finding an association, creating a rhyme, it's up to you. But you need to do something. You need to think of a creative way of making that improvement and making the words stick. My, uh, my tip number four for you um, is um, a few pieces of advice on how to work on your vocabulary in order to make the words stick. Essentially, you need to find a way to help your memory a bit. And if you're a visual person like me, you will need some visual stimulus. So my today's uh, tip for you is to make your own resources and put them on display. And here are some ideas on why, uh, what to make and how to use it. So for the why, um, remember first days of school, walking into a new classroom, all colorful with reference materials and displays. It's a good feeling. It, it feels like a start of something new. Um, I also uh, uh, used to decorate my, my classroom like that with all colorful display uh, displays as a teacher. I use posters, reference materials, uh, some I made and, and some I bought. Um, all of this before welcoming my new students. 
But then I noticed that in spite of trying to point the posters out to them, to make them the, be a reference point for the kids, they simply did not use them as such. So then I started thinking, what purpose did those ready-made resources serve? What, what did I want them to be? Did I want them to be decorations or reference materials? And of course, I wanted them to be more than decorations. So I started taking a different approach. I made a shift and I started each new academic year with empty bulletin boards and no reference materials. My classroom still looked colorful. <clears throat> the the um, uh, backgrounds for the boards were there, <clears throat> but no materials on them. Um, and what we did is, is I basically let the children create their own reference materials, their own posters, their own displays, and we would start creating them from day one. First of all, it saves money and, and saves your work. Um, and it also is more effective because over, over time, I realized how much the act, the very act of making the resources helps the revision of the material, helps the kids be proud of them. So they keep reading them over and over again. Um, and how much more they refer to them than to the store-bought ones. Um, I, I caught my children whenever they needed help, um, they would remember exactly where the spelling of a certain word is or where the, the math problem was explained or if they needed any kind of scaffolding, that was their first go-to. So it will be the same for you if you create your own language learning resources. The very act of making them will reinforce whatever it is that you're trying to reinforce to learn and looking at them often will help you memorize them. Um, so um, <clears throat> what, what is it that you can make? Well, there's a variety of things that you can make. Um, what I like the most, and the list is a bit long, but I will go through it because I think it's all useful. Um, so my first one is vocabulary list from a reading. That's a basic one. You have an assigned reading. There's a few words that you don't know. You make a list of those words. Um, I like to use them in the sentences as well underneath, and I will do that. Um, sometimes I use colorful markers or maybe bold the word that I'm trying to, to um, learn. So be as creative as you can. That's just a vocabulary list from a reading. The other one is verb conjugations. And here, um, instead of writing the entire conjugation, which I used to do, now I just write the verb forms that I commonly use, that are most commonly used. So I would write the verb form for I, for he, she, and probably for they in all basic tenses, like present, past, and future. And I often will put that in a sentence as well, just to, to reinforce. And then I will add the rest of the forms gradually, or maybe not even to that list. I'll just leave it as it is. Um, the third one is um, words on a topic poster. And that is, um, you know, I would select the topic and think in my native language, which words will go with that topic, which words would help me talk or write about it. And then I search them in the dictionary, put them in a poster, and it's up to you how you group them. It can be grouped by uh, part of speech, so you can go by here are the nouns, here are the verbs, and here are the, the adjectives, but you can also group them by activity. So let's say you're thinking about, um, I don't know, cooking. So you may, in one corner, uh, put all of the vocabulary that uh, you would use when you try to describe, uh, you know, chopping carrots. So the peel would be there, 
the uh, chop will be there, carrot will be there, knife will be there, and so on. So it's up to you how you group it, but it will be a word on a topic uh, poster. The next one is um, simple vocabulary cards on a keychain. I use a thicker three by fives, and then I put the word in a target language and a sentence with it on one side, and then my, the equivalent in, in the native language on the, on the other side. And you can use them both ways. Um, you can just read the, the um, site in the target language and then see if you can remember what it means in your native language. And then eventually in time, you should be able to just look at it um, in your native language and be able to tell me in the target language what that word is and how to use it in a sentence. Um, one of my favorites is boring words. <clears throat> and I used to do it with kids all the time. Um, I would choose five words that you use most frequently. Uh, mix. So go, say, nice, good, all those boring words. And then I would use the thesaurus to find more exciting synonyms. And then uh, we would play a fun game where for one week we would not um, say uh, the, the boring words for the whole week. So let's say we agreed that this week we're not saying the word meat. So instead of meat, we would have to say something else. And if someone said meat, you know, other children will come up with what to replace it with and so on. Um, you, you don't have to do that. You can just um, go with all of them at the same time. But having a week for, for each um, word, it, it's a little more <laughs> exciting. Um, the next one is word association charts. Um, this is for, for a word that you already know and you want to build on that word. Uh, dig a little deeper. So, for example, if you know the word garden and you know the equivalent in the target language, but you maybe don't know different types of flowers or vegetables or um, garden tools, um, you can just make a little uh, web graphic organizer, like a little bubble organizer, and brainstorm each area of the gardening that you can think of <clears throat> and build your vocabulary that way. Um, the next one is mentor sentences. Um, if I read something in a target language and there is a sentence that I really, really like and I know that I don't use that sentence structure in my speech yet, uh, <laughs> see what I did that? I used yet, yet. Um, then I will copy that sentence on a piece of paper, think of other sentences that you can make using the same structure and try to learn it that way. So, for example, <clears throat> if I read... I stood there trying to think of something to say when suddenly I heard a loud noise. Then I will put a goal for myself to maybe rewrite that sentence, changing two verbs and making the situation completely different. So I might say, uh, she stared at him trying to think of something to say when suddenly a cat jumped out of the closet. Um, and I would, I would come up with at least... Uh, three to five sentences following the same structure. And this way I would practice using that phrase in my everyday speech. Um, presentations is another one. If you're trying to learn about a certain topic, <clears throat> create a PowerPoint presentation on that topic. Um, for the PowerPoint, you would only write the key points on the slides. So then the idea would be to know how to, how to expand on those, on those points. And last but not least is the list of words that you often confuse because of similar pronunciation. Um, in Polish, there is not much difference between, um, between vowels. <clears throat> so, um, so we only have one, one A and one um, O and one I, right? 
in a word like English or French, um, there is different nuances of, of how to pronounce those those vowels. So, for instance, in French, um, my list for for um, one of those words would be um, core, care, cour, 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 right? And that's body, heart, course, courtyard, short. But to me, they sound similar enough that I might say I like someone's body instead of someone's heart. Um, so just to make sure that I in avoid um, simple pronunciation mistakes, I would make a, a chart of words that sound very similar to me. And that's very personal, what sounds similar to you. Um, and then I would just use it and, and practice and read through that list frequently. Okay, so now you have all of these resources and now what do you do with them? Uh, so what I recommend <clears throat> is three things. One is put those reference materials on your wall. Don't hide them. Don't just make them and leave them laying around somewhere. Just stick them on your wall. If you're a visual learner like me, um, you would refer to those often and you would like having those walls covered with the resources that, that you made. Don't overload the walls and decides, decide on um, how often you will change them. I also, I also recommend that you use 8.5 by 11 paper and that you get yourself a presentation binder. So then once you are done uh, with that set of resources and you're ready to exchange them for new ones, then you can store them in your presentation binder and they're all neat and kept in one place altogether. Number two is take a snap snapshot with your phone. So once I make my um, eight and a half by 11 um, resource, I will take a picture of it with my phone. So this way um, I can access it no matter where I am, right? Some of us spend a good uh, part of our lives on public transport. You may wanna just look at your phone at that one resource for five minutes. Um, I make tofu when I stand there by the stove and I stir the tofu for 20 minutes. Sometimes I do it then. Um, there's a lot of opportunities throughout the day where you have your phone, but you don't have your wall. So this way you can uh, kind of take your wall with you wherever you go. Um, and the third one um, is specific for the presentation. So once you make that presentation on a certain topic, what I would suggest, since the key points are on the slides, what I would suggest is that you go through that presentation and you give it. You give that presentation and you record yourself. So if you record yourself regularly, first of all, you will get used to hearing your own voice and making mistakes and it won't be so in your face, scary uh, and embarrassing. So um, that would be one thing. The other thing would be you will see the progress. If you record yourself in March and then if you record yourself in July and you compare those two, I guarantee that there will be a huge difference. And also, you know, switching the hat from speaker to listener will also allow you to distance yourself, catch the pronunciation mistakes and find some other areas for, for improvement. That is all for today. Uh, you have been listening to episode four of uh, Growth Mindsets in Language Learning podcast. Uh, you can post your comments and questions on my website, www.teachlearnlove.com. Uh, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. My name is Kasia Helbin-Travis. Join me next time for tip number five.